Tacos aren't just for Tuesdays. This is your host, Jordan Risky of the Nimrods Podcast, brought to you by Risky Outdoors and Prime Archery. Um, a little bit more of a serious podcast, I guess you could say. Uh, I don't have any guests. I'm just here to kind of talk about um, an issue that has kind of been floating around on social media, and I just kind of want to give my thoughts on it, um, and that is the USDA DNR um, sharpshooters in Jackson County. I know there's been some pictures floating around, um, and just like these feeders that are posted up, uh, trail cameras, and then some blinds that they are using to call some deer. So, um, we're going to touch on that. Then we're going to touch on a little bit of the gear that I use, um, throughout my hunting season, whether that's Nebraska, Montana, um, or back home, whitetail hunting in Michigan, Wisconsin, and Illinois this year. So, um, yeah, I'm gonna we're gonna get jumping into this. Uh, first, I just want to be a big thanks to Apex Gear for partnering with us as well and um, providing a discount code for all of you to use to accessorize your bows. Um, give it over to apexgear.com. Buy some gear. Use promo code RISKY, capital R-I-S-K-E. Receive 20% off of your purchase. Um, big thanks to them. And uh, yeah, guys, get over there. Use it and get your bows set up for this year. It's that time of year. Um, probably should have already been doing it, but I know there's some that are waiting until September and you'll get out and start shooting again. But uh, yeah, hook up your bow with some six sights. Um I mean, they literally have everything. So get over there, check that out. All right. So this was kind of brought to my attention. I recorded this podcast and then I decided not to post it because I just wasn't informed enough to really speak on it. And to be honest, like my first initial thoughts were, um, to say the least, kind of very blunt and I I was extremely angry. <clears throat> Let's just say that. And I, I I was just not informed and I didn't feel it was right for me to just come out and start rambling on about something that I don't know a ton about. Um and I'm just gonna say right now, like I still don't know a lot about this and I think it's something that needs to be talked to talked about a lot more. Um just to kind of bring some awareness to Michigan hunters and the reasoning behind things um, rather than trying to kind of keep it a secret. I mean, I have not read anything about Michigan, the the DNR, the USDA doing posting anything about this calling, calling of deer and sharpshooters in Jackson County and things like that. So um, I don't know if it's like a big secret or if they're just kind of not really talking about it. But um, yeah, so we're going to jump into this a little bit. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to like that little disclaimer that I'm not an expert about this. I don't know a ton about it. I I know a little bit and I'm going to post some links um, with this podcast in the description. If anyone wants to do a little bit more research and, you know, I want to hear your guys' thoughts too. So Go ahead and just leave some comments on this post, whether it's on Facebook or Instagram, um, and I, I would love to read your guys' thoughts on everything. So um, I'm just going to 
kind of go over a couple things that I've learned and um, did a little research on this before I recorded this the second time. Um, so, yeah, um, it was brought to my attention that there are supposedly like these sharpshooters. I don't know what qualifies them as a sharpshooter. A lot of times it's just a wildlife biologist going out there and doing this. Um, but I actually had a, a lady come up to me and start asking me some questions about it. And um, she informed me that this was happening on kind of like an, a local guy's property. DNR came in and harvested, I think she said 20 deer or something like that. None of them tested positive. Um they came back and asked to come back out and and harvest some more deer. And at that time, he, they denied the second second go around of, of calling some deer. So at first, I, w- I was kind of upset um, at the whole situation, running feeders when we're not allowed to as deer hunters. Not that I do anyway, but um, it was just kind of rubbed me the wrong way at first and still kind of does um, just because, I mean, it's harvesting a lot of deer. My hope is that they are actually like processing these deer and then, you know, donating the meat after the test results come back. Or I I just hope that they're not going to waste is my biggest thing. So, um, yeah. So, and, and then there's a picture circulating around, uh, Facebook of this feeder uh, tent, some wireless trail cameras, probably to keep an eye on when deer are coming into this area, things like that. So, um, which sparked a lot of comments and uh, reactions from local Michigan hunters, and uh, some of them bashing DNR and things like that. And I mean, I, I don't know a whole lot about it. What I do know is that most DNR officers and anyone that works there are, are, are deer hunters or really care about wildlife and they want what's best. And sometimes like our decisions, we don't know what, what the like final results are, but with, with best intentions, I truly feel that they're trying to do the right thing. Um, but whether that's the right thing to do or not, I mean, that's still up in the air. But just uh, Illinois, Illinois has done this and Wisconsin kind of hesitated. And then I, I believe they're trying to do it again in calling deer. But Illinois, um, less than one percent of their less than one percent of tested deer in Illinois come back positive with CWD. And they've been doing this calling and in, in harvesting deer in specific areas. So they're not just going all around the state just killing a bunch of deer. They are specific counties, very targeted locations, like this one in, in the Jackson County area. Um, and I, I, they're like they're very specific on where they're hunting and, and harvesting these deer. So in 2018, for example, Illinois tested um, 114,534 deer were tested and 736 came back positive. Um, Wisconsin um, 
much smaller pool in 2019. And, and I don't know if these stats are updated um, yet, but 120 six deer analyzed. I want to say they brought in 132 and I don't know what happened to the other ones, but 126 were analyzed samples and 16 deer came back positive. Um, so a much smaller pool, but percentage wise still much higher, um, which is kind of crazy. And the other thing to mention is Illinois posts like this heat map of where these CWD zones are. And I don't think it's a coincidence by any means, but it's all of northern Illinois and like counties bordering Wisconsin. So I'm sure that there is like, I don't want to call it like an epidemic or anything, but there is bleeding over from deer transitioning and passing this disease down. I mean, they, they don't know where state lines are or anything like that. So um, it's... Illinois is doing this in their their specific targeted areas where they're harvesting these deer, and I believe that's kind of what Michigan's trying to do. Um, and we're just all very passionate deer hunters, so kind of sparked a lot of um, debate and some heated arguments and things like that. But I truly believe we're trying to do the right thing. Um, it just sucks. It it really does. It's a tough conversation and it's nobody likes seeing this and we just hope that everything's done for the right reasons and things like that i've heard like crazy stupid stuff like insurance companies are pushing this and things like come on i mean i mean a lot of dumb stuff so uh i do believe that this is chronic wasting disease is an issue whether you like it or not, it, it is. I mean, we have biologists, scientists that say that this is a problem. Um, how big of a problem? I don't know. I mean, could it, could it possibly be a lot bigger? Yeah, 100% it could be. And I think that's what we all want to prevent from happening. Um, that's my, my, my thoughts. Um, like I said, this is the second time recording the, recording this podcast. I deleted the first just because... I was super upset and mad, and I was just ill-informed. Um, it's, but I still don't like it. I mean, that's 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 a thing. Like, I, I don't know what the answer would be if if they want more deer tested in certain areas. Maybe they open it up to specific farmers to allow deer hunting in the month of, you know, August and September. Um, so that way, like guys can go out and harvest deer, and I, I still don't like that. But rather than having some so-called sharpshooter come out onto someone's property and kill twenty deer, and who knows what happens to that meat? Maybe there's like a block permit or a, some type of farm permit or something that they could allow people to go out harvest deer, and you know what? Maybe that deer is still, you know, used, and people get to still. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what the answer is, but I'm. I'm like way on the fence, leaning more towards like, man, this is not good. But on the other hand, I look at like Illinois, and then I look at Wisconsin and the two different stats. And Illinois seems to be doing the right thing in keeping their their you know number of 
positive deer tested under that 1%. Um, and then you look at Wisconsin and it's much higher. So it's just a sticky situation and it's not not good in, in, in by any means. Um, but I do feel something needs to be done. I just don't know if we know enough to do the right thing yet or, or what the right thing is. So if you guys have anything that you want to add, go ahead and do that. Um, in the comments, I'd love to read your guys' thoughts and feelings on this issue um, as it is something that we're all extremely passionate about. And I will post um, a couple links in um, the, the description of this podcast. But Illinois does a, a really good job of posting a lot of material on it, um, chronic wasting disease, um, they have like a four-part video series that kind of goes through different things. So part one is just like an introduction. Part two is like a testing CWD samples. And part three is the sharpshooting. And then four is like the common common questions, um, safe handling of, of deer, things like that. But the sharpshooting one is, is pretty interesting because sharpshooter and is a wildlife biologist out there harvesting deer. So... I don't know if it's the right thing. I don't. I, I really hope that these deer are being harvested and processed, and people get to enjoy the you know at least the venison from this. But I don't know that that's happening. Um, so I'd love to get someone from the Department of Natural Resources on here and just kind of chat with us and maybe shed some more light on it for Michigan deer hunters. But uh, yeah, that's my. My initial thoughts, I mean, I'm still on the fence, probably like a lot of people. Some people have very, very, very strong opinions on this. So uh, I hope, you know, I hope this sparks some interest and I want to hear from you guys to kind of just chat about it. Um, Yeah, but we're going to jump into kind of my uh, hunting setup throughout the year and the gear that I use a lot of people ask me and Cassandra questions on this and what we kind of wear um and yeah just kind of our setups throughout the season so I actually I I rep like two different I mean a lot of my stuff is sick of gear I have a couple other things that aren't um but the majority is um I, I rep some of the, their big game gear, and then I rep some of their whitetail gear. Um, in the big game section, um, I use the, uh, it's like the green subline, I think is the, the camo. Um, and I rep the Apex hoodie, which is a pretty awesome little hoodie, um, especially early season. And I even wear that during the whitetail season because it's got a little more green to it. Um, in Michigan, it's we have a lot more colors in the beginning of our, our deer season. Um, I also rep that out in Nebraska a little bit. Um, bounce back and forth between the green and then the, actually some of the whitetail stuff because it's kind of gray, sandy, deserty um, area. And then I think... The pants that I wear are, I think they're called, yep, the Timberline pant. Um, these are pretty awesome. These are these are probably my favorite pants that I I have from the Sika line. Um, they come in multiple different 
different camos. Um, I think they even have like a salad. Um, yeah, they have the open country, the subline, and the solids. Um, the subline are what I have. I love the knee pads in them. They also have like this like rougher material on the butt. So like if you're stalking and sliding or sitting on your butt, you're not destroying your pants or anything like that. Um, super comfortable. The knee pads are awesome for, for spot and stock hunting. Um, I'm going to like it this year because I'm going to do a lot of saddle hunting. And I think those knee pads are going to work perfect rather than having to actually strap on knee pads. A lot of guys are using them saddle hunting. Um, but those are my go-to pants. I wear those for, you know, like I said, Nebraska. I'll wear these pants in Montana quite a bit. Um, and even early season whitetail hunting. Like those are those are my go-to. There is one other pant that I wear um, during the, uh, the whitetail season. And I will pull those. Just bear with me. They are the Equinox pants are the other ones that I rock um, during, during the whitetail season. Uh, super comfortable, super lightweight, um, just a, a, a great little um, pair of pants. They're a little bit lighter too, um, no knee pads, kind of feel like a sweat pant. Um, the other piece of gear that if anyone's looking for any anything with the Sitka line, those are a great pant. The Equinox um, are a good starter pant. Um, and then the Fanatic hoodie is like a must. That thing is so awesome. Um, I wear that early season all the way through till later in the season. I wear it underneath some of my jackets, things like that. Um, it's a great great hoodie um colder season i i rock the fanatic jacket and the fanatic bibs um kind of i mean they're super warm um long day sits are absolutely no no problem um they're just a a great go-to for for late season a little bit more expensive but well worth it i mean it's an investment and they're gonna last me forever but yep fanatic bib fanatic jacket um solid uh the other thing is the neck gator so the neck gator i take on my montana trip i don't take any fanatic um, bibs or jacket um to montana because you're typically moving quite a bit and you 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 don't get that cold um, so I'll, I'll just have my, my fanatic hoodie. Um, and then for kind of like a base layer, I don't, I don't have like the, the base layer system. Um, I, I just have like a, the core lightweight crew short sleeve shirt. Um, I have a couple of those, um, super breathable, really nice. And then I have the core lightweight hoodie, um, for you know those like not super cold but mornings that are a little bit more crisp i wear those a lot in uh nebraska because it gets extremely hot during the day and then you know by nine ten o'clock i'm usually down to a t-shirt and just rocking that um wear those early season here in michigan illinois wisconsin because we have some brutally hot days if i'm even in the stand, um, those are kind of what I'll be wearing. I also have 
one of the vests. Um, it's kind of more the mid-season um, vest, and I, I I love it because it just kind of keeps your core um, uh, core kind of warmer, um, and it's uh yeah it does does a great job, um, and it's not bulky. I love rolling it up, um, putting it in the bottom of my pack, and yeah, it doesn't, I mean, it's just a, a great go-to. Uh, I'll tell you which vest that is. It is not the Montana, that's Jetstream, I believe is the one that I wear. See the Jetstream... It's a jet stream. Yeah. I have the jet stream vest. It's pretty awesome. Does a great job. Keeps me decently warm. Um, does a great go-to. The Fanatic vest is a little bit more bulky, um, a little bit bigger. Keeps you warm. Um, you could probably wear that Fanatic vest with a Fanatic hoodie into the rut, and you'd probably be just fine. Um, the other thing that I've rocked the last few years is the tool bucket, I believe it is, the tool bucket pack. Um, the tool bucket, yep, you can strap on a, a tree stand to it, and it's pretty versatile. I, I used it. I packed out my elk with this, packed out my mule deer with this, and it's they're a pretty sick bag. Um, just a... Uh, Great running gun setup type bag. Uh, rock this all whitetail season. You can hang it. It's got a bunch of like little loops and stuff, so you can leave it open if you want to put stuff in there and just easily access it. Um, this year I am switching packs um, just because of my hunting style. This bag, um, this bag is great for that, but I wanted more of like a, a sturdier frame pack just because of all the western hunts that i do so i'm getting the, the mystery ranch mule pack and that's what i'm gonna run it's a super small i don't even know if you'd call it it's got a frame so it is a frame pack um but it's tiny it's like a backpack just allows me to carry more weight and a little bit more support so that's a pack that I'm going to go with this year, but the tool bucket is, Cassandra rocks that, that bag, and she loves it. It's got a nice, like, hip belt on it. Um, it's got straps that go across your chest. Um, everything's adjustable. There are more clips and buckles to put in, you know, your quiver if you want your quiver in the side. I carried all my camera equipment. There's a ton of pouches and zippers for batteries. Um, whatever it might be, your thermocell. Uh, I always clip my thermocell on the, one of the side buckles or even on the front. Um, there's straps to, you know, strap in like, a, you know, antlers or anything that you're packing out. Super easy to do. The tree stand um, where that end, or goes on the bag unzips the actual bag part of it comes off. You got a little bit of frame. There's a bunch of straps that you can hook in a tree stand with sticks and then your bag just buckles back on um super easy super quiet um keeps every everything pretty snug and pretty close so that's a really good bag i'm interested in the fanatic bag um 
I just saw that one. It's it looks like a pretty sweet bag too. So, um, but I've I've just rocked the tool bucket. We got those when I was in Wisconsin because I was doing a lot of hanging hunts, carrying in stands, and um, Cassandra and I just liked it because with both of us carrying in a tree stand, you can have your bow sticks and your your hang on all hooked right on your bag and you could kind of still hunt your way in so that's kind of the bag that we went with um in nebraska too i will wear a couple just solids like be honest with you i went to costco picked up a couple they have these really thin pants um that that i've i've worn out there um Walmart has some of these Wranglers. They're I don't even know what they're called, but they're like a also like a thin type material. Um, I picked up a couple pair of those, but just because we don't have access to um, washer and dryer in uh, Nebraska or Montana, so um, just being able to kind of switch up pants a little bit and rock a solid pant is completely fine. Um, I always just kind of have like a camo T-shirt or something that kind of blends in with the surrounding vegetation and things like that. But um, So that's kind of the gear I, 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 I rock when I'm out there. Nebraska is much thinner, um, lightweight stuff. I leave pretty much all my heavyweight, my Fanatic hoodie I don't take out there because um, it, it's super hot. You just got to get through that morning. So to, I wear my vest in the morning just because it keeps my core warm. As soon as it heats up, I roll that bad boy up, shove it in the bottom of my bag, and ready to rock and roll. Um, also, I, I, I don't like having a bunch of bulk weight because, one, we're, I got binos and spotting scopes and um, camera equipment that we're, we're carrying. So the less, less clothing and weight that I have to pack around is just better just because of all that other gear. Um, one of the best purchases that I have I, I think it's one of my most favorite pieces of gear is um, Vortex Bino Bevy. It's uh, made by Alaskan Guide Gear, I think. Um, but Vortex kind of has their little patch on it, and they sell it on their, their site. Um, pretty pretty freaking cool little um, bevy. I will look that up. And then I also... So for my... Um, my optics, I run um, the uh, Diamondbacks. Um, they do everything that that I need them to do, and they're not super expensive. Um, and I run the ten by fifties are the Diamondbacks that I that I run, and they do a great job, Montana and Nebraska, and they're. They're not not that bad. Um, like ten by fifties, yeah, they're three hundred bucks. Those are the HDs. Super nice. Um, they're 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 great. I mean, for all whitetail hunters, you could honestly run like the eight by twenty eights and be just fine. Their MSRPs are one hundred eighty nine dollars. These are a great piece of glass. If anyone's looking for any type of optics, Vortex, no questions asked, guarantee. I mean, you can run these things over, send pieces back into Vortex, and they're going to get you all squared away for for no charge. So those are absolute money, and yeah, you you should be 
should be rocking that um, for spotting scopes. I let's see where are we at. Where are we at? Spotting scopes. Um, their spotting scopes. Obviously, Razor Viper are higher end. I honestly just run the Diamondback. Um, does a great job for me. Twenty by sixty by sixty, um, and I run the angled uh, spotting scope. And it's I just like the angle more so than the the straight on because when I'm doing a lot of spots like spotting and just kind of trying to trying to find animals I like sitting and I just have my head down and I usually set that up on a tripod so got that tripod between my legs spotting scope and I'm just kind of looking down um you have to get used to like where you're glassing and finding things um and then in my truck I like having it clipped on my window and I'm just kind of looking straight forward rather than trying to like I don't know crouch and trying to look through a straight spotting scope so I I like the angle just a preference of mine um but the Diamondback 20 by 60 by 60 angled MSRP is $4.99. I know you can probably find them cheaper um, on, you know, Amazon or eBay. I'm sure guys are selling these left and right, um, but they're they're a pretty pretty sweet little little setup, and they're not like super super heavy. I mean, they're a spotting scope, and they're a great piece of glass. So those are the two optics that I run, and then for rangefinder. Um, Obviously, Razor, the Fury is the Bino rangefinder combined, um, the Ranger, and then the Impact. I run the Impact. Um, so they're less expensive of any of their rangefinders. Um, Two sixty nine is the MSRP. Uh, Eight hundred fifty yards. I'm not shooting at anything near that distance ever. Um, so it, it does everything I need to do. The one thing that with this that I wish it had was a, a, a like lighted reticle. It's just black, um, but it does does the job for me. And it's super small, compact. Love it. Um, got that strapped and hooked right onto my Bino Bevy. Um, I have looked at the. And my father-in-law has, I think, the Ranger, either the Ranger or the Razor. Yeah, I think he has the Ranger. And it's pretty sweet. I love the red, um, red, um, like, reticle in it. It does a great job. Super bright, easy to see. Um, one thing, all rangefinders that I've come across, like, super foggy days, they just don't, don't work very well. But I, I've liked the impact so far. Especially for whitetail hunting, the thing is not very not not super expensive. You still get the great warranty with it. Just a great all around rangefinder. The impact from Vortex. So all my all my optics are Vortex, just because one we're partnered with them. But two, the the warranty warranty the VIP warranty can't beat it. It's <laughs> it's freaking awesome. So. That's it, guys. That's kind of my setup. Um, if you guys have any questions, um, shoot me a message. Um, boots, I'm in between boots, so I'm not going to even touch on that. Whitetail hunting, I'm rocking my muck boots. So, um, yeah, if you guys have any questions or you want to spill your thoughts on the whole chronic wasting, calling deer, shooting deer with 
you know, rifles in June, July, and August here in Michigan. Let me know your thoughts, and if you guys think that I should get someone on here to talk about it, let me know who that person is because I would love love to just chat. I, I love learning about this stuff, and um, I love hearing from you guys and girls. So that's a wrap. Um, Apex gear, get over there, purchase some gear, um, set your bows up. Season's right around the corner. Promo code RISKY, R-I-S-K-E, all caps. Buy yourself something, get 20% off. Helps us out. It let us lets them know that you guys are listening to us. So that's it. Stay classy, everybody. Um, can't wait for the deer season right around the corner. So as always, stay stealthy and strive to become a Nimrod. Nimrod.